What's good? What's popping? I'm Drea G. I'm Tasha, also known as the Black Rogue. And we are the Grits. What is good? What's popping? Nothing much. How's everything in New York going? Well, the weather uh, and the rain has subsided, which is good. But it, you know what? Today was a little gray. But aside from that, the week has been cool. So no overall complaints. The water has gone away. So I'm cool with that. How about you? How's it going on your end? It's it's okay, child. I mean, it is what it is. The weather is, it seems like it's cooling down. I ain't like been in the hundreds, so that's good. So it's, well, now it's like in the 80s. Well, it is fall, but Shit. you are in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> that don't mean nothing in Texas, man. But, nah, but I well, don't maybe want... in the winter, the winter means more because I feel like it gets cold, but like it's, it, mm, exactly. it's going to be hot for a while. I don't want people thinking because people think that it's like Mexico or something where it stays like uh, warm, like all year round. And that's not true because we 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 got we do have fall and we do have winter. And so mm-hmm. it will subside probably come about November. OK, so uh, be prepared. But uh, OK, bet. So before we even, you know, jump it off tonight. Let's make sure that we do our roll call. Shout out to our fellow grits across the states. Whether you're tuning in or you're kicking it in Georgia, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Tennessee, or Texas. Shout out to the grits across the globe. Shout out. You know what? You quizzed me last week and I failed. I don't have really nothing prepared. So That's if fine. any. We don't any, need a quiz no more. We don't if, need a quiz If no anything, more. no. no. I'm no, a New no. Yorker. You not. That's, <laughs> that's what we learn. Okay. Well, you know what? No, that's not true. I got three questions this week, and I'm going to go off the dome again. Oh, uh, and, and they're just going to come, okay? And this is going to be more so street knowledge. Maybe, maybe not. And maybe you know, maybe you don't. What are beef and broccolis? Those are shoes. What kind of shoes? Timberlands. And what kind of Timberlands? Shit. They they not construction. They not the they just they Timberlands, girl. Why are they, they called get... why are they called beef and broccolis? The um I forgot, child. I forgot. You know, my mind is blank. Ah. I know the answer. My mind is just blank. Sometimes you have blank. You knew they were shoes. You knew they were Timberlands. Characterize them. What do they look like? They look like beef and broccoli. So what does that mean? <laughs> color don't be asking me these questions no more i'm done i'm done eh, you're wrong okay so and you were you were on the 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 mark for it the green and brown tims they call them oh, oh i knew that I, that's what i meant okay all right so number two what are the beloved what they call butters what is the other word construction tims construction tims you're right Construct I got those. Tims. I've oh. been having those for years. Like, you know, back in the day, I used to rock them when I was You're young. a real one. You know mm-hmm. what? When I was in college, I never had the the, the ankle boot ones. Uh, The ones, you know, that go above you, that, you know, kind of on your calves. I had the ones that was like above the knee. And I don't oh, know. <laughs> I always felt like those, those was tacky. Those were old school they days. was not girl. tacky. I, not, I, I was like in them. college. But I'm going to tell you, my sister bought them for me before for Christmas. And I wanted them and I and I love them. But Texas don't even get cold like that. So you know that it's only for looks. But you know what? 
If girls was rocking them damn Manolo boots, I could rock the above the knee Tim's. All right. Okay. I guess. Final question. Where is the group? Like, where is the hometown of the group? Young, uh, <laughs> next question. <laughs> You're right. Next question. I was about to ask you about the locks, but um, you know what? I fucked up. So <laughs> we're done. So one out of two. No, that's really 1.5 out of two. Cause you know, I kind of knew both. You kind of did. Forgot my my mind just went blank a little bit on the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So moving right along, that brings us to our pour up and bless up segment. And so this is a segment where, of course, you know, as Southern girls, we gotta give our viewpoints. We're pouring up to what's noteworthy and newsworthy for the week, whether it's in entertainment or just worldwide news. And then, of course, on the flip side of that, you know, we gotta bless our hearts to a few unfortunate few so this week what what are we kicking it off with black robe so you know this was hard for me because i didn't know whether to bless my heart or pour it up to these young men for uh, mm. talking about what they've been going through because of you know dating and their skin tone and all that mm. stuff okay so with t.o and burner boy i don't i didn't know whether to bless my heart to these people or like toast it up but you know what Cause I was going to toast it up for them for, you know, being open about, you know, childhood trauma that they have faced, which has led them to, well, T.O. to not dating black women. And um, for Barnum boy was just talking about some things that he was going through. And I think he was talking about like Americans and how like Americans have viewed Africans and dark skinned Africans, which I definitely agree with. I do. I do feel like a lot of Americans, black Americans in particular, we had a lot of stereotypes towards Africa. So growing up, we got a lot of stereotypes towards each other too. A lot of Americans were picking on Africans growing up, like picking on a lot of Haitians too, picking on a lot of people based off of their skin tones. So like, for them to be open about it, I, I just want to applaud them. Even though T.O. annoys me, like, but I applaud him for, you know, speaking on why, you know, and he did say that, you know, he was attracted to black women. He he was, you know, that was his preference, even though he was talking about, you know, some girls that hurt him in his childhood. But overall, I just want to dr- pour it up to both of them for, you know, being vulnerable. So, yeah. Shout out to them. I mean, I love me a sexy West African or African, a man from the continent. So, you know, toast it up to them to finding their identity now. And I'm going to say this too. I like me some T.O. as well. And he was, you know, fine, sexy chocolate. And women love that, like that. But I don't get down with that drop down earring. But shout out to them for sure. Shout out. So number two, I'm just going to give a a quick shout out to Fred Richards and Koi Young. So they both won medals for gymnastics and they're both black men. So, you know, shout out to the black man. Um, We're about to take over gymnastics, our brothers. So shout out to them. Hey, you know, the women have been dominating for a minute. So shout out to them for sure. All right. So number three, I'm shouting out to, you know, our fellow grits and a sistren, Beyonce, she is actually finishing up the leg, well, the North American leg of her Renaissance tour. And it looks like, you know, 
fans are going to get what they asked for because it looks like she's partnered with AMC to bring together the content that she has from, you know, the different cities that she's hit and in different countries and across the pond uh, that she's hit while she's been on tour. So that'll be dope, uh, especially for people like me that didn't get to experience it firsthand like Tosh. All righty. I'm excited. I'm going to watch that, too. Right, right. I'm because I want to see the behind the scenes. You see her children and you get to see her with her family life and you get to hear her talking her, you know, her southern twang. So I, I can't wait to witness that. So shout out to B and all the moves that she continues to make. All right. And so number four, I am shouting out to Michael Jordan uh, this week, who actually he was celebrating already abroad. You know, that's what rich people do. Uh, but he made the Forbes list. I mean, he's already made the Forbes list, but he actually makes the Forbes list for highest paid athlete in history uh, with a wealth amassed of right at like over $3 billion. So shout out to him. I think that's dope because it kicks down the doors and it it shows others, other people of color, you know, and that's something that we're going to be talking about this evening, but just talks about the ability for others in our realm to do it. He is highest paid athlete, you know, in history to date. So super dope. Yeah. Thoughts on that, Tosh? I don't have no thoughts. Uh, shout out to him. I wish them Jordans wasn't so damn expensive. But Man. We live in a monopolistic society, child. But, you know. I, I mean, them Jordans, I, I'm a, like a six and a half, seven in, in boys or six and a half in boys and a seven in men. And, you know, them shoes like about 250 a pop for me. If that, they may be 275. I may be wrong. 275 with tax. So my bad. But shout out to him. And I, I just hope that he disseminates some of this wealth, obviously, for his own family and, you know, his children, but for the legacies. Yeah, hopefully uh, don't go to that girl, child. The, the, that's why that girl, you know, she she up there talking about marrying his son, child. She's trying to get some of Michael's money, child. Yeah, his son is probably not even in his will. So, <laughs> but shout out to Michael Jordan. All right, number five. That I am actually toasting up to some. It's a local business here in New York City, and I saw this because I follow this account, Black Owned Brooklyn. All right, and there is a donut shop, Cloudy Donuts, and I thought that this story was so dope because there is a business owner. They actually have the first owned, first black owned business in Brooklyn Heights, number one. And number two, it's actually a, a vegan donut shop. So really cool. But just a couple of things, because I mean, I thought that this was super cool. This cat, he came from an 11 year incarceration. And, Damn. you know, yeah, he and he's a, a Maryland. He, I think he's from Baltimore. I don't want to misquote, but Baltimore, a couple of things. So from the vegalmagazine.com, Cloudy Donuts is taking the city by storm with 100 percent plant based donuts made from ingredients such as applesauce, coconut milk and shortening instead of animal products. Cloudy Donut Company currently offers 40 unique tasty flavors with eight available each week. And so those flavors include everything from like grapefruit mimosa, 
bananas foster i love me some bananas foster dessert okay so the fact that it's in a donut i'm like damn blackberry mint mojito and more and so so cool just a little bit about this gentleman because like i said i thought that this story was so cool and i know that we always highlight grits but it's so important obviously because we're in the city to you know just kind of speak to the talent that's within cloudy donut shop is a vegan donut shop in Brooklyn Heights founded by Derek Falcon. He's 42. Him and his partner, I don't want to butcher her name. It's like Zewithu or Z, okay, for short, Jewel, okay. The enterprising couple who own another location in Baltimore with the third coming soon to Soho also run this group called the Brooklyn Collective, an in-store residency for co- culinary artists of color. Derek got his start in the food industry after spending 11 years in prison and determined to be successful upon his 2012 release. He and his significant other, you know, they put together this plan or this this concept and they put it into motion. So I think that that's super dope. Like he's not even from here. And uh, he's got, again, one of the first black owned businesses in Brooklyn Heights super dope so shout out to them and shout out to to him uh for making it happen because he was adamant about keeping it legal and the whole premise and concept behind it is you know getting these majorities to spend money with our products in their neighborhoods and kind of infiltrating them the way that some other communities come into our neighborhoods so thought that that was super dope so shout out to them and I so wonder, on a, is she a black i wonder if she like a black woman with him but a partner she is she's so yeah see, that's what i'm talking about you know look what we can motivate our man she to hustle and all that shit the vegans are taking over though that's the only thing i'm concerned about i feel like the vegans and i'm not like i understand eating healthy and shit but they be doing too much let sometimes. me tell you something them vegan desserts they don't be skimping on the flavor so i bet you we got to check it out cloudy cloudy donuts in brooklyn heights so let's definitely try it patron them yep exactly and they got over 40 different flavors so i can't wait to check it out all right so on the flip side of that of course we got to bless our hearts to you know a couple of people because they need they they heart blessed so who we kicking it off with Child, we gonna bless y'all hearts to the federal appeals court in Atlanta for trying black women all over. So just recently, the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Atlanta ruled on Saturday to temporarily block the Fearless Fund from running its Strivers Grant Contest. So basically, this grant was for women of color, and that was one of the main requirements. They were going to donate $20,000 to different small businesses, and that shit, they trying us, y'all. Like, I feel like ever since abortion... I feel like things is just, like our rights as women and people even caring about us as women has just been going down, 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 down. So <laughs> to your point, I was just going to say that it's minorities in general. You know, ever since they got rid of affirmative action, that's what kind of kicked the door yeah. open. That's, that's what, what the, 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 uh, the, I mean, a certain group of people, they were the ones that wanted to get rid of affirmative action. And guess so, what? And and let me tell you something. They not even, first of all, it's going to be the majority that has continued to rule. And it's not them. 
So they just, you know, going to get alongside in a pecking order, to be honest. But they, you know, eradicated affirmative action. And that was just the start of it. And so now we're about to start seeing it systematically pulled out of different programs that were put in place to help give us visibility because we didn't have it. I don't even know, girl, because they got the crime bill. So they got like the whole hate crime bill. We don't have that. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see. No, nah, we got to get out and vote and we got to get out and and really like, yeah, kind of put it to action because that's the only other way that other like our baby boomer generation before us, like they know if they don't do nothing else, they're going to vote. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's important. You know, with the upcoming election next year, it's important because we're not present. If we're not giving our voice and, you know, we're just letting shit fall by the waistline, they're able to kind of change the dial on history. And so that is now impacting us now and how we move forward. Black people, we're, I know our vote matters. At the same time, we're a minority. We, we have a small percentage of us. So it's going to take more than just us. We right. need like our so, allies to so, actually like, right. speak so, up. To- and, and when I say that, because affirmative action doesn't just impact people, Black people. It impacts all people of color, number one. Mostly white women, but yeah. Affirmative action impacts- White women are the biggest contributors. Okay, so what I'm saying that affirmative action has impacted all people of color Mm -hmm. uh, with rights to, you know, these common things that we need to. And it's because, hey, certain discriminatory factors were in place and we need to kind of level the playing field. So I'm just simply saying with regards to that, it hasn't just been black people, it's brown people, it's uh, yellow people, it's all people. It's white women as well. Yep. Okay, so with regards to that and affirmative action, so now that grants and dollars are being pulled out of people of color's hands, that's what I'm now referring to. I'm talking about the cause and effect of that. Yeah, I mean, hopefully our allies they they actually I like, don't stand listen for us and stick yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if our allies don't, so it's about showing up in numbers. I know people of color that don't vote. I'm just simply saying but the numbers is still even if we showed up at numbers and it's it's not uh, just, other groups, we're still a minority. It's not a big it's group not, of us. It's not I feel it, like what we can do is invest our dollars in our community, but we can talk about that later. You don't think that it's a big group of blacks and browns and yellow no, people? Like ain't it like ain't we're like twelve percent of the population? I don't know the exact percent of the population in America, so, but we're at a we're a very low percentage of the population. Let's look at that. And then we'll, but all that's to say is that all these mm-hmm. things impact all people of color. And we're not talking about white people. We're talking about the people of color. So yeah, we do all need to kind of stand and band together. All right. So number two, I'm blessing the heart of Drake this week. And I don't know if I blessed the heart of him last week, but I'm blessing the heart of him this week. And I may have mentioned it, but you know, Drake has been kind of teetering, tottering the line, and he dropped his project for all the dogs this week. And, you know, people, some people love it. Some people are on the fence, whatever. But what I did see was, you know, a woman coming to the fort. Well, it's a couple of things. They were talking about him subbing Rihanna potentially on the album. 
And and then number two, I saw like on social now, it, it probably needs to be vetted out. But it's a young lady that I guess she had a sample on TikTok of her voice. And she's saying that he put it in a song and he did not credit her for it. Mm-hmm. And to me, I mean, I've already like I've been I've been secretly and it's it's crazy because Drake it's our month. It's OVO. Come on. I'm the 23rd. You the 24th. But like he's been doing some shit that I just don't rock with. And I feel like Drake has been acting like a white, a light skinned woman with operating in like pretty privilege of lately. And I'm going to say that because what couple about of- pretty privilege? Okay, I'm gonna let you explain, girl, because I don't like how that, you know, that text came off across like, you know what I mean? Like a light skin is automatically associated with pretty, but no, I'm gonna it's let not. you continue, girl. But no, but for how Drake is acting and operating, it's like very catty. Like I already told you, I didn't like the way how he did uh, Holly Berry, who was like, I don't want you to use my slime photo for your, your album, co- for your single cover with SZA. Okay, number one. Number two, I ain't like how he was mean girl acting towards Megan when he was in Houston. And he was like, oh, not that Megan. I'm talking about my friend Megan. I ain't like that shit. I felt like that shit was sassy as fuck. Number three, I don't like like Drake. Like he definitely has a history of fetishizing black women. You know, it's like when it was cool to do it, oh, be all up on Serena Williams and any other black woman. But like, I just feel like it's very like secret, low key, like mean girl of lately. You talking about what he talking about with Rihanna and shit? Talking about vagina trash? That. okay. so that. And then the last point was, oh, girl was saying like, hey, you took my my shit and you didn't credit me for it. And you didn't pay me for it, a.k.a. And you're a huge ass artist. So to me, that's like getting by on some shit, like mm-hmm. muscling your way. Like, well, I can get away with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. Like he supported us all like, you know, when it was popular and when it was fucking trendy. And like now he's like showing his mean girl. He's showing his panties right now. And I don't like that shit. And it's our birthday month. And I'm going to need you to tighten up, Drake, because that's some bitch ass shit some bitch-ass traits that you're showing right now. And, like, you're too big for that. And I just feel like it's kind of like, it is. It's like mean girl behavior. It's, like, nasty. Girl, you mad. But I'm mad, too, because he stole my clips for that album cover. And first of all, I did that whole photo shoot last year with the clips and shit like that. So I need my money to drink. He began to, he get his whole life from black women. And then he gonna try to turn up his nose on us. Like, all right. Bet, nigga. Don't forget. These niggas don't buy your albums like us, all right? Right. We're gonna see. I've been feeling away and, you know, I hope I don't get canceled for this. Ever since Drake had the little baby and he was trying to they cornrow that little baby hair and that baby hair is real slick to be cornrowed. So I was just like, you know that baby hair don't need to be cornrowed, sir. That's what I'm saying. That baby hair too slick for that. Drake don't really fuck with us. He really don't fuck with us. And all he did was like he like I like I fuck with Drake for a long time. And if he sees the error his ways and he if he comes correct and he starts acting like regular again, like, okay, But like now he's got into that point where it's like, I'm Drake. All right. Right. Number three, you know, I 
it saddens me to say this, but I don't know if it saddens me, but Sexy Red was in the news this week for releasing or supposedly uh, self-releasing a sex tape. But looking online, she says that, hey, she didn't do that. I believe her. Because remember the dude, the the dude that posted her secretly that she was like when she was asleep and shit. I, that lame ass nigga did that shit for clout. But anyway, I'm gonna let you continue. <laughs> well, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna bless her heart too hard. I'm just gonna say that shit because she's 25. I looked her up. Uh, that's what it say online. Uh, but you know she got children and things like that. So it's just. Be mindful, sis, and be mindful of the company you keep. But, you know, I know we people and ain't nobody perfect. I ain't like that bonnet, but <laughs> but that's not my business. And she didn't really watch the sex tape. I didn't watch it. I saw a clip on Twitter. Was it a full tape that he released or was it like a little clip? I didn't see like it was like whatever I saw on Twitter that was like a clip. It was like bleeped out. So I didn't see nothing. I just saw her like moaning and I saw her with a bonnet on laying on her back. So she can't, you didn't like her. You, you felt like the bonnet was a bad bonnet. It wasn't like, you just didn't want her to have a bonnet on at all. Like, I don't think I wanted her to have a bonnet on at all, but you know damn, That's how you know she probably didn't leak the shit. She probably was just relaxing with this. Is that, is that her nigga? That shit is crazy. And it's he like, snuck that shit. He done filmed that shit and then posted the shit while her ass was asleep again. I mean, that's crazy, yo. Like, this random nigga, she got a bonnet on, but, you know, go off, sis, be you. That shit crazy. That's Look, like... You, know, you got to make sure your hair is done before you release a sex tape. I no, that. I'm just simply saying, like, if this were my my husband, <laughs> if, and, you know, it's to be expected, you know, maybe I got my bonnet on, maybe... Uh, but uh, my hair's short, so I'm not going to have a bonnet on right now. If I had some weave, yes. But all that to say, I would feel that comfortability if I was like with my husband, you know what I'm saying? But like if I'm with some random bust down, I mean, if that is the vibe, I'm definitely not going to have a, a, a bonnet on. But see, she's on. Mm-hmm. All right. Number four, I'm moving right on along to Jason Derulo and questionable accusations on uh, quid pro quo agreements. What the hell is that, girl? All right. So it's a group. I don't really, like, follow them, or I think I've heard some of their music, uh, Serati. But there is a girl that is accusing him right now that was in Serati, and she is saying that they got a record deal, and basically they were signed through him. You know, this is what happens when you get signed through artists. Her name is Imaza, all right? And she is saying that, you know, basically he has stopped her bag and her record deal because he's like, basically, you got to give me sexual favors, Mm. like pushing up on her. And like he ain't he, you know, he dropped her. And so I guess that's what prompted it, supposedly. All right. Uh, Her name is Imaza Gibson. And, you know, it's innocent until proven guilty. But I'm just going to say that Jason Derulo, he has given off scumbag vibes and and in a couple of different ways. That poor girl, uh, Jenna Fumes, 
or something. She's like an Instagram model or I just um, I've seen her on social media. They were together and she had a baby for him. They have a son mm. together. And I think he decided after that, you know, they're not together. Anyway, I always had beef with Justin Derulo after Justin Sparks. I ain't have no beef with him, but I always side eyed him because, you know, they were together. I know Justin Sparks was like, like a prof- her, her name is Justin Sparks. Jordan Sparks. I was like, girl, I was Googling this shit. I was like, it's somebody else. He was with, he was with Jordan Sparks. And so I always side eyed him after Jordan Sparks. Because like, I know she was like, I think she was like a virgin when she got with him. I don't know, but I know that like they were like all in love. I thought they was going to get married. Like he bought her a BMW, all this stuff. He took that shit back after they broke up. Mm. So so if, you know, someone were to ask me (laughs) or could it potentially be true? I'm just going to say that he not negate or he's not. He would not make the cut off of, you know, uh, being able to avoid being a scumbag because like, like, who does that? Like, would you gift a woman something? And after y'all break up, would you give it back? I want to have no money. Times is hard. Well, I right. I guess. Well, if that's the case, you shouldn't have bought it. Shit. Buy a bracelet. Mm. I I mean, buy. I mean, buy, buy a dog. Buy a dog. (laughs) Like. A good dog is what, 25? Buy a dog, okay? Not a car. Anywho, okay, so that's that. Number five. So quickly, I'm because I don't want to talk about them too long because they aggravate me. But uh, Christian, is that her name? And Blue Christian. 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 Whatever the fuck that little girl name is, Christian. So, like, I'm tired of seeing them all down my social media, especially her. She be annoying me. One day she with the dude, one day she not with the dude. And most importantly, I, I'm concerned about the baby, y'all. The baby had to too. get surgery and shit. The, mm-hmm. I just saw today that the baby had surgery and her ass is propping the baby up. The baby ain't even resting. Let that baby rest. Like the baby needs some sleep. The the baby needs to heal. And she already got the baby all in the camera propped up and shit. That I was looking at the baby's face. And that baby looked like he's been going through hell and high waters. <laughs> the the baby looked like, damn, I really, I really had to uh wake up to this. Man, it's the perfect example of people really need to have a license to have children, man. You know, a what license saying? to have children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nigga, a license because people, some people run their children to the ground. People don't, some people don't have the fucking tools and then they, they procreate and they keep procreating and then they don't do nothing with their procreations. Yeah. Some people need to have a license, just like you got to have a license to be out on these roadways. Yeah. You need a, a license to drive. You need a license to parent. Oh, child. I just think that they she's just a little slow. I think both of them is a little touch. They a little slow. And I just think that. And who child, gets the short end of the stick of it? I, I want to take the baby. If I see that baby <laughs> online one more time going through some shit between the parents, I'm going to take that baby child because not take the baby. You know, I don't want the cops call me. I'm not going to kidnap nobody's child. Right. But I'm just saying, I'm going to request to parent the baby because it don't make no damn sense. They gonna be like a total stranger that met the baby online. Shit, I'm better than the rest of the fucking family. You heard how crazy her fucking family is and his 
family crazy. The baby is in better hands with a stranger than either one of their asses because they both is a hot ass mess. Both of their parents is a hot ass mess. I'm gonna pray for them though, you know, other than that, because Lord Jesus, pray for the baby, y'all. Let's keep they keep the baby in prayer. Yeah, keep the baby in prayer and keep keep the parents in prayer because guess what? God can do amazing things. And uh I hope that he does with them, especially Krishan, because she 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 wants to do right. So we don't uh, know that, but you know that's another story. Listen, she, I don't. I, I, it ain't for me to cast judgment. I just ask that God protect them and God guide them. That's it. Girl, you judge everything, everything else, child. Talking about you don't want to cast judgment. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cast judgment on this mom, this this young mom and her baby. That's what I'm not gonna do. But the other people, yeah. So that's gonna bring us to our southern sound off topic. And that's where we give our opinions and we just have a subject matter of the week where we talk about something that is influential or not influential but we got a subject matter and so this week we are talking about what black robe racism in advertising you know i was just thinking about this because i just see so many black people we buy a lot of non-black products Mm. so like i'm just gonna dig on like with the history of advertising right for black people in terms of marketing towards Black people a little bit. And maybe that's why we tend to buy the items that we buy, um, which are mostly non-Black owned. And this is your field too, because you're in within advertisement and have been with the past 12, 13 years. Girl, damn, you put me all on blast. Yes, I've been an advertiser for like years. Like I start off as an admin, and then I worked my way on up into program management. So I've been in program management for like a couple of years. So Dope. yeah, I've seen all types of racism in this field, just all types of like stereotypes. And I'm going to touch on them when we start talking about the different topics that we have. But it's just really crazy out here. And then after looking at what, you know, we go through working in advertisement, I'm just like, you know, I just am very invested in supporting black people and supporting black owned products so right but naturally if you are experiencing that within that industry naturally you're going to see the end result of that or the byproduct of that or reverse you know what i'm saying like being that it's not enough representation of of, of us in this industry that You know, naturally on the back end, it's not either. So, yeah, kick it off. So this is just a little background um, history, right? So when advertising to Blacks uh, started with stereotypes, the stereotypes were served to ensure whites as a racial pecking order, just basically showcased like their status compared to Black people. And that's why they exaggerated features of Black people. So then after that, uh, Black agencies, they were formed because they wanted to disrupt those different stereotypes about Black people. Um, But with doing that, they thought that it was better to change up the, typically it was dark-skinned women on these older uh, advertisements. So they thought that, okay, why don't we put a Black person that is lighter, that has softer hair texture, and maybe that could change those stereotypes and that's why like if you just look at the history of ads 
from the previous, from maybe the 1950s, and then you look at the 70s and 80s, if you look mm-hmm. at that, like you'll see how lighter the individuals got and how their hair texture changed. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And like, even when I was doing research on it, like to your point, like in the 60s, 70s, it started to evolve. And especially in the 70s, it was under a certain president's regime um, where and it wasn't even the president, but it was like advertisers, big advertisers. They were not only targeting, you know, the majority, but they made it their business to, you know, capitalize on the opportunities in the black markets. And it made sense to them, you know? And so like when I was researching Tutosh, they were talking about how some of those ads weren't even, they were not even really customized to us. It was mm-hmm. like almost cookie cutter. It was like the same ads that they were presenting in other markets where like white people on a yacht, they will be, you know, put in black people of a certain aesthetics on a yacht, you mm-hmm. know, trying to promote that same, you know, affluency and aesthetics. So, right. and, and, and I get it because that's when you had brands like Pepsi and, and Camel really like, for example, in my research, they were talking about like, we weren't big cigarette smokers. Mm-hmm. So, Obviously, that was like an opportunity that was a market for them within their business that they could delve into. So with advertisement, they would get an attractive black person, maybe with a certain type of aesthetic and like it was glamorous to to pedal to us. So exactly. Yeah, for sure. Especially dealing with, you know, what black people with in terms of colorism since the beginning of time, what we have been going through Mm -hmm. and we saw certain type of black woman and we felt like oh it looked these products look more luxury and you know and whatever insecurities that we have had about our skin tone we just was like okay well I want to buy that product because that product it it looks like her and I want to look similar to her but this is just not just with black people but it's white women too Mm -hmm. um when it comes to buying products too we'll talk about a little bit more later Uh, when we go down but um, basically this new aesthetic they noticed that sales were increasing of items so they stick to that for years and I feel like just now we see like a difference because now when I look at commercials I see I don't know if you saw the transition from black people rocking straight hair now all I see is natural curls Mm -hmm. everywhere interesting you know I don't know if I watch enough TV uh, enough like network tv to to notice but right but you know and that goes into the vein of then perpetuating what always was like with regards to that you know um yeah we still have some things to work on but um it definitely has been a i definitely have seen a, a transition um so my first question for you Have you ever seen an advertisement that made you buy something? If so, what product did you buy? And um, I don't know if you remember, but describe the ad and what feeling did it bring to you and why did it make you buy that item? Okay. So I right now can't recall particularly something specific, but 
I'm going to add to the point that we said before is society's particular standard of beauty that, Mm -hmm. you know, people gravitate towards. All right. So like with regards to your question and what you just asked, uh, as an adult, no. Uh, But when I was young, yeah, of course, you know, I, I definitely saw a baby, a live doll on TV and I was like, oh, I need or I saw an easy bake oven or an easy bake set or, you know, the the playhouse that was like my size or my size Barbie. And I wanted that shit, you know, when I was young. But typically as an adult, I'm I'm an I try to be an informed buyer, like with my dollars. You know, I ain't just got discretionary money to throw around. So um, mm-hmm. when I buy something, I again, I, I try to to be informed about it. But let me let me ask you a question right then and there. So you sure as adult, you never. So what? You know, I noticed that you got a, a what's that designer bag? <laughs> like a, a YSL bag. Yeah, YSL bag. So it wasn't a particular ad that made you want to buy the buy that no, bag or what it was, was it was not it was not I bought that bag for myself after like it was for my birthday number one number two I bought it after like working a period to where I was like really grinding it, I worked a storm and so I was like working for three months like nonstop, like seven days a week 12 hours a day and so I wanted to award myself and even my sister she chipped it on on it but when I looked through the store I looked through the store it wasn't an advertisement but it wasn't a specific advertisement that made me buy it now what I know about YSL and advertisement like that's one thing you know what I'm saying like it's a high-end brand so but, how would you know about it? Do you know about it through you? You are um you you are into the like music yeah. industry. Did well, you like? Did you see someone with the bag and was like, oh, I no, really need that bag? No, or, like, no, no. Or you just know about their brand in general. I know about because the, of advertising. So. I know about the brand in general because of advertisement. But at the same time, I'm going to tell you, Tosh, that you know with certain certain brands like Porsche, for example. You don't necessarily see them advertise on a commercial, uh, the car, but you know the brand and you know that it's synonymous with luxury, with fast cars, with, you know what I'm saying? Like with, with great engines. And so it's not something that you see on a commercial every day, but you know that it's synonymous with this. And so it's the same thing with that. So this is a brand. It's a luxury brand. And so when I wanted to buy, if I I wanted to buy myself a designer bag at the time, I didn't buy Gucci. I didn't buy Louis Vuitton. I didn't buy Chanel. I didn't buy Balmain. I didn't buy any of those things. But why I bought that specifically is because I know that that brand is kind of classic. It's not something that's like uh, trendy and it's kind of timeless and that's why I bought it. Mm, interesting. But the advertisement behind it, like, you know, the history of the brand, obviously, is like high end. And it's it's like one of those fashion houses. So, yeah, like when I wanted to buy a designer, you know, in a known fashion house, I went for something classic, something that wasn't trendy. So, you know, like with regards to me now, um, 
the the last brands that I purchased, like based on advertisements and aesthetics, they were black owned brands. For example, like Fenty, you know, for a minute I had a membership with Fenty Savage. I didn't know how those bras or the things were going to fit me, but I liked the look of them when I saw the advertisements of it. So I was like, all right, let me let me try it. You know what I'm saying? And then you try it for yourself and then you you can have an opinion. But additionally, um, I feel like with the rise of social media, I've definitely been introduced to more brands that otherwise that like would be unknown and obscure to me. So more than anything, like from that, I it definitely puts me on to a wide spectrum of, of brands. Mm. But I will buy black brands based on advertisements and word of mouth. Like, for example, like Teflar, their things. You know, it had buzz. I followed them on social. I was like, I like the advertisement. I like, you know, that they got different color drops. That's just like, you know, Brandon Blackwood or um, the shoe designer, Kendall Miley. I like that it it has exposed me to, to different brands for me personally. But I don't, I, I haven't necessarily been on TikTok, scrolled and was like, oh, let me buy this. Or let me buy this based on this that I can remember right now. What about you? Um, so I feel that we are all conditioned at young ages to buy certain products that are mostly not black, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, all we saw was like different toy ads. And I remember like, remember the Giga Pet back in the day? Like I never had a damn pet at all, like a real life pet. You talking about that electronic thing? Yeah, that was yeah. like on a keychain? Yeah, that okay. shit made me want to buy the damn Gigapet. Like, I done begged my, my parents for the damn Gigapet by watching a commercial or whatever. And I, I could have got a, re- a real ass pet, but I got some damn pet. You know, I guess it was cheaper for my parents anyway um, to use. But um, like you said, the Easy Bake Oven too, uh, the ads, all the Fisher Price. Remember Fisher Price products when we were kids? Mm-hmm. They did great. They had great advertisements for those because... I, I remember I bought probably like everything. Like I had a kitchen child. I was spoiled. I had a lot of stuff. But like I said, I do feel like for people of color, I feel like they target us at a young age. I don't know if you saw that. It was on YouTube. It was a video where it was like black kids and white kids. And they were like, oh, point out the prettier doll. And they had like a white Barbie and they had a black Barbie. And even the black kids pointed out the white Barbie. I feel like all of this stuff is ingrained within us at a young age and you were talking about YSL how do you even know like did, did, did you grow up with parents and with sisters and family members rocking YSL no but I looked in fashion magazines I, I live in the world I watch uh, fashion channels that type of stuff right so, yeah. so that so that has ingrained on us you said that you know you weren't like influenced by different ads but you really were influenced by different ads you may have been influenced at a younger age that hey uh you know these 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 are luxury brands that i need to buy and mostly these are like white brands but i was the same way like i looked at cosmopolitan magazine back in the day and like they had all like the white the white labels uh vogue 
all of those oh all of those magazines i was really um into you know i was a journalist in college but like growing up i was really into reading really into magazines um the only thing that was different i felt like essence showcased more of black brands so i do want to ask you because you know you're in this realm and you're in this industry is that something of importance like with regards to just integrity and things like that where you know you want to be affiliated with companies because you've been in the industry for a minute where now you can choose to be affiliated with companies that you really like want to be invested in. Are you speaking in terms of if I know like a company is discriminating against people of color, do I want to work there or not? Not even discriminating, but now that you work in this field, you know, sometimes after working with certain entities or organizations where like you are a minority, you know, you, it may give you the impression that I want to go work for, you know, somebody that's specifically geared towards people of color. Yes. I actually have, I remember, um, it was years ago though. I applied to like a black owned agency. I think it was based out of Chicago and, um, I forgot the name of the agency, but I, I did, uh, wanted to be a Bob. I didn't get the job, but it is what it is. I feel like in the future, whatever happens, happens. I would love to work for so, you know, all black agency. Right. So let me ask you this, because you got a lot of experience and you're smart and you're savvy X, Y, Z. Would you, is this something that you would ever want to develop your own ad, ad agency around? Girl, if I hit the lotto, girl, I don't have the money right now. I don't have the time or the money, but if I hit the lotto, I definitely will. I I know Diddy did. Like actually, um, I had an interview for Diddy's ad agency. It was years ago. I feel like uh, I don't even know if he still has this ad agency. Um, but I'm like Diddy is like a jack of all trades, so I can see myself becoming a Diddy if I made Diddy money. If I if I hit the lotto, the lotto is on Saturday. If I hit this these billions, I'll open up my um ad agency okay it's but then this shit was a hot mess i ain't trying to bat well you know i was bad mouthing him last episode but child that interview was such a hot mess it, well, they didn't even know who i was it was just i was like y'all ain't do my you do your background on the person you interviewing mm, yeah do do your research all right all right so um let let me ask you this do you feel like black people are easily influenced by ads and how does it affect us? Yes, we're definitely easily influenced. Um, if when you look at the black dollar, the black dollar circulates one time in our community. That means it's six hours in our community compared to other races, such as Jewish people, it's 20 days, Asians, it's 30 days. When you look at those numbers right then and there, we're not buying our products. And most of the products that are like are, are really being mainstream advertised are white products so and then also we're rocking white designers we're not even rocking our own yes we we buy a couple of you know uh black owned products but their budgets are not the same as these white designer budgets right so i feel like we're easily influenced because if you see all these rappers and and singers and all they always be rocking the same outfits you notice that They'll mm. in a shade room or these other like oh who wore this best it'll it'll be like five girls wearing the same exact dress 
So what does that say? That says that they're probably buying this. They see somebody else rocking it. Like, oh, I like that. That's cute. Right. Let me rock that. So that shows how easily influenced we are. Like, even when you go back to perm days with our hair and shit like that, like, I remember as a kid being teased because I had, like, this soft, puffy hair um, compared to everybody else and me begging my parents uh, for a perm because everybody else was rocking straight hair. And then what, when I looked on TV, whether it's ads, commercials, movies, actors, everybody had straight hair. So like that made my parents, my me, my parents perm my hair. So it's just like, I feel like we're easy influence. Um, what about you? What's your thoughts on that? You know what? Uh, I said not necessarily originally, but I'm going to say that, you know, when you ask the question or when we pose the question, do you feel like blacks are easily influenced by ads? Yes, because I am I was thinking about it in the, a traditional sense, like what you see on TV. But now we have so many things like in addition to TV, that was one thing. But now we see shit on social media. Mm-hmm. so uh yeah we are we for sure are we see a girl uh a voluptuous woman with you know breasts with hips with ass and it's like oh then you feel some people feel inferior you know what okay. i'm saying and then no they're fashion like, over ass child right and then and then when and and when natural girls come online and they in shit, they're like, oh, you need to uh, eat more or or you need to get a BBL like niggas in certain opinion. Um, so, yes, we are. But it's not even so much influenced by ads. We're so influenced by that's one ass too. That's uh, it, is, it is. We do see it in the messaging and it is societal views but i'm gonna say this because at one point they used to think that you know big breasts and no ass was one thing and then Mm -hmm. we see things like kim kardashian you know with shit uh you know brands uh putting money with her because you know she pandered to all sorts of communities at one point and she's you know, uh, got shape and hips like a, a woman, a, a black woman, essentially a woman of color. She is a woman of color. She's um, not a woman of color. She white. She but Armenian. Her dad she is white. Armenian. She's still white. But go ahead. They're Armenian. You know, they it's they got some roots, some heritage is not just and, and they've been uh, persevered against in and prosecuted. They said white shit. Persecuted. There's a lot of white people that's being persecuted. Child. Yeah, like, Jew- like Jewish people. Like, all right. But all that to say, I definitely there is that going on. And I feel like, again, it's not in an even more so. I'm not influenced in the traditional media sense, but now we have this uh, ever evolving door of social media and people definitely get influenced by one another, right? by their peers. So we're looking, then we're looking at advertisements by brands and the people that they're choosing to be as their influencers. So then we get influenced. So we do, but it does definitely depend on the person. No, we well. all would. Well, I don't know how it is now. I feel 
like we all us. I feel like at different ages, like I mean, not ages. What do you call it? Like decades. Every, like advertising has changed. Like you know, in the nineties. Right. Remember, yeah. you said you had like the little magazines with with the rappers and shit that you posted right. on your wall. Right. All that shit was ads. Okay, right. we was we wanted to buy. Fubu, based off of what the ads that we see, baby it, fat, all it, that nah, shit. It, and but it was, but also the meaning. It was black owned, and then it was for us by us. Tommy Hill figure, girl, all that shit. They was in these ads, child, and we was just like, okay, we gonna. Now it's just different. Like what you, you said, know what? social you, media. You no, know, but you are right because I'm not gonna lie. You are right because I was Tommy, and but I spoke to that earlier. Like when I was young, yeah. It was easy to be impressionable. I was Tommy down. Like I was that Tommy girl. Like I was a name brand girl. So yes, when I was a child and I'm not saying that obviously, you know, you mentioned YSL. Yeah, I, I, I have that. I'm not like a designer whore, but classic things. And it's not like it's like advertised like Gucci on TV, you know, but I know that to to symbolize with just classic and timelessness. So yes, it in, it definitely impacts for sure. You know what I'm saying? And and some of your decisions. But was it like a specific ad that I saw was where it was like, oh, let me get that bag? No, but it was the brand that drew me to it. So brand recognition. And yes, um, you know. But I was gonna say, you know, in addition to that, we do know that representation is key like for any community and um i feel like of late what we see is a lot of whitewashing in some of the advertisements that we're getting it's not just you know black like it's integrated families and i'm sure that you know other communities they may be seeing it too and they may be thinking the same things but like for us because is such a touching point and it always has been um where we feel like that separation of the black family. Yeah, girl, I do be saying that shit. I saw commercials of black men with a white wife and I was like, damn shit. Don't they know they ain't doing their research? Don't they know all these black women out here? All, a lot of us are single. You know, shit. we up there they, looking at this like damn. You know what it is? They're trying to appeal. You know, marketers, they don't, I mean, they don't, they they're just they're trying to tap as many markets as they can. And so now that they see this prevalence of it, man, as long as they don't fucking get real disrespectful and have the black man's partner, a white woman with some fucking Rasta locks. Rachel Dozell in this speech. But you know, I, I fuck with her, but that's on another another episode. I'm just saying, like, as long as they don't get, like, blatantly disrespectful, like, it's already like, all right, y'all doing a lot, a lot. But yeah. Okay, so I am going to give this point. So I was looking at an article on Forbes. So according to an article published back in January of 2023, the $330 billion U.S. dollars advertising industry has is shortchanges black shoppers and the $1.6 trillion of buying power that we have. Mm. And they're just kind of saying that it's at its peril. So you were just talking about in the beginning how, you know, they were really pandering to us. They were really pandering to our black dollar and trying to put every movie star, trying to sign everybody to be a spokesperson 
you know, for these brands so they can pander whatever their products were because we were an untapped market. This isn't an older article, but it's talking about uh, how after weeks after a white police officer murdered unarmed George Floyd at age obtained an internal memo memo from top five advertising agencies and her public group that showed just two. 0.6% of its executives were black, while 86% were white. Then chairman and CEO Mike Rothman didn't need a public shaming to realize that numbers were abysmal. We can all agree that we must do better, Roth wrote in a memo, according to AdAge. But since then, you know, 2023, advertising firms and marketing departments at consumer product companies have done better at pushing forward an executive representation. Mm. So the industry, however, is backsliding in different essential ways. So while non-Hispanic white people compromise 59% of the U.S. population, white actors accounted for 72.5% of people who appeared in TV and digital video ads in 2022. And that marks an increase in white actors from 65.6% in 2021. So all that to say is they don't give a fuck about our black dollars. And it's like, they're not even hiring us anymore. That's what the numbers show yeah. in, in the statistics. It, it, you know, honestly, I took a class, a multicultural uh, marketing class in college. And they do that because they feel that um, they can advertise to white people and we will watch the ads and we would buy the same products that white people buy. So that's why I feel like they're not investing in us. Mm. Right. And it's crazy because, again, we got one point six trillion dollars of buying power. So whenever we decide, because that's that's the that's the bigger than the gross domestic product of a lot of countries, all right? So once we decide to get organized about our dollars and how we want to circulate them, it's going to be over. And then you got to cater and pander to us. So, all right. Um, has there ever been an ad or campaign product situation that made you feel racist undertones? Yes. Um. So I'm not going to talk about I'm, I'm going to let you talk about the different um ads that you've seen that were racist, but I'm going to talk about um in-house um at an ad agency in a pitch. So basically, um, when ad agencies, when we're trying to get new business, we do these things called pitches. Right. So we have to pitch to clients and we have to come up with like this whole strategy, this whole message. We also create like different personas and personas are the type of people that you feel that would buy this certain product or whatever, the type of customer. Right. So I remember those types. Yes, I was on this one particular pitch for Jägermeister and it wasn't Jägermeister. This was the agency that actually was creating this, this, which was, I felt like it was racist undertones, right? So they had like personas of different individuals. So they had the white boy and it wrote out that he was a college grad and he's with his friends and he's drinking Jägermeister. And they were trying to change how they market Jägermeister. They wanted to make it a little bit more high end instead of the typical college getting drunk type of drink, right? So then they had the white girl. The white girl's in the library reading books or doing whatever she had, college educated. Then they had the black boy. And guess what the black boy was doing? 
they had I read shooting dice. Oh girl, I don't. They don't. I don't think white people know about shooting <laughs> dice, child. But I was reading this, and the, the white, bo- the black boy was popping bottles in the club. I was like, with no education, I was talking. I literally called them out, and I was like, "What type of racist shit is this?" And they were like, "You, you think you really think it's racist? Hell yeah, this shit is racist." So you're trying to pitch this with all this. You have these stereotypes of black people, and like what you just said before, that's exactly why. You know, it's it's not a lot of diversity within advertising. And this is what we really need because it, we got people like this trying to pitch shit and stereotyping us and shit. And they not test marketing us. They're not putting their dollars on us. So, again, so that's what you bring to the forefront. That's why we don't need to be spending our our dollars with these folks. Yeah. And then and it's I don't even know if it's so much brands that are the issue. I mean, I don't because I haven't been on the brand side, so I don't know if they're actually hiring black people behind the doors. But in advertising, a lot of these big companies, they hire agencies and within these ad agencies, there's no, no diversity on every company that I have been at. I've probably been like maybe one or two black people on the entire team. And it's been me and another person. It's like nobody. And it's barely any black man to tell you the truth. So it's not a lot of black men having their voice out there, you know, about that lets you know they are. That lets you know that's where the disconnect is. When you don't have enough representation on the back end, how are your stories going to get narrated? Right. Like they're just not. So what about you? What I mean for me, um, I mean of course I feel like we've all seen the things. Um I don't like uh, aside from going into the 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 stores, the high end stores, and then kind of like chasing you around to see if you're gonna buy anything, um, things that we've seen, especially of recent H and M, for example, you know, we had the the monkey, like uh, where they had you know coolest monkey in the jungle, and they thought that it was okay to have a little young black boy in its advertisement. Mm. Um, you know, things like Eric that. Aminas. They were some Eric Aminas, but go ahead. Uh, right. So that, uh, even Gucci, a lot of these high end brands, you know, from, I want to say probably Gucci, probably Prada. I want to say, um, you know, they were all slapped on the hand about undertones to where it was like, like, Hey, like these shit, like this shit that you are doing is not really like it's not sensitive to like mm-hmm. all like denominations, all cultures. Like this is like high key, like tone deaf. Um, so Boosie said Gucci don't like y'all, and people don't be listening to Boosie. Boosie sometimes he speak the truth. No, he he speaks the truth. He speaks his truth for sure. But yeah, and and to be honest, like Gucci, like I want to say like that's I don't want to. Well, Gucci is a low end designer brand. Number one, ain't nobody checking for Gucci like that. Ain't nobody checking for Gucci like that. It's Mm. essentially kind of now it's essentially the Michael Kors. Why uh, is that low end? It's cheaper. Is that why it's low end? Because it's cheaper. I mean, uh, I like Gucci sunglasses, and 
Like, like, what like, makes something low end, girl? Because I feel like you're being racist right now. <laughs> Is it because black people? Because I see nothing but black people buying damn Gucci. No. All the damn time. All we got sorts, a whole rapper so now. So listen, all sorts of people buy Gucci. Um, but, you know, just the popularity, just the, the, the classicness of his brand can diminish over time. Like, oh, you know, I, I don't know if just it's because in, niggas buying it. Cause I just, nah, I don't know. Nah. I don't buy designers. Hey, so I don't hey, really hey, 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 no. Like I said, I bought YSL. Why don't I have a Gucci bag? Because YSL to me feels more timeless than me having some gucci anything and even though they may have some cute bags what did i want to like be like all right well this is what i want for myself all right so let's switch gears so what brands do we feel like do a great job marketing to people of color okay so nowadays i feel that coca-cola and mcdonald's and Back in the day, McDonald's was stereotypical, but I'm going to say why I feel like they do a great job. Their ass be looking all luxurious and shit. They make black people look like we up there got a lot of money and we just going to go to McDonald's. Like we making six figures and we going to McDonald's. So like I applaud them for, you know, and they're creative as well, too. Like they have had like HBCU targeted ads. Um, and then, you know, all of this stuff kind of originated from it's a guy, it's a black guy. Uh, he changed the history of advertising and um, he used to work for Coke and McDonald's. Right. His name is Tom Burrell. And he's also known as one of the, the pioneers, if not the pioneer of Target advertising. So before him. A lot of times they were just just throwing, like I said, stereotypes before. They was just throwing anything. They didn't really know how to target people of color. So when he came around, when he actually started off in the mailroom um, in, a, in an agency um, in Chicago, and then he worked his way on up, he kind of like pitched himself to be on. And um, he changed like the whole narrative of how to market and how to target Black people. And so they, they showed us as not just the whole stereotype, but, you know, we're also college educated. We're this, you know, we're, we have different backgrounds because Black people are not monolithic. So I feel that because of the history with him helping them out, like to this day and age, I feel like Coke does such an awesome job. Like even like I remember when I was in college and um we had to look back at Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola it also markets well towards his our Hispanic community as well. So and also lastly, that uh Allstate commercial <laughs> with the with the guy, the black guy from Allstate, like mm-hmm. his voice alone. I mean, I heard Allstate ain't all that, but you know, when I get a car again, I'm thinking of, you know, I'm, I may want to check it out and just see the rates are, <laughs> but right. they do a great job in it. I feel like a lot of the, uh, the car insurance commercials, uh, State Farm too, with uh, how they did Chris Paul. Mm. It was very, I felt like it was creative uh, and it made a lot of us want to look into State Farm as well. So just those right. are just people off the top of my head. What about you? Right. Definitely representation and marketing is important and people know that. And, um, you know, we saw the stats that were showing that recently they've been kind of drawing back from some of that stuff. But I think that brands that do a great job of that are I like Sprite. Sprite is a great brand that's been around for a long time now. Not like I drink Sprite like that 
all the time. But when I'm thirsty, if it's the heat of summer, it's something that I know if I'm going to drink a carbonated drink that it's going to quench my thirst. Uh, but I like how they partner with artists and even most recently, like Coyle Ray. So they know how to like stay like with the times and like with artists and kind of keep their like, you know, their fingers on the pulse of what's going on in culture. And they've been able to do that like throughout history. And so I like Sprite for that. So I feel like they've been able to do a great job. And another brand, I feel like even more recently, and I think that's with brands getting more awareness, um, Target has been great with that um, and their stance to want to do the future collective. And so that's where they rotate and they bring just different artists that different designers that we may not really be aware of. And they bring them to retail and they bring them to to mainstream which is really dope and to be honest me and you both have been together in target and looking through things and you know they're picked over already because people have come through and they've they've bought those collections off the rack yeah even uh, just adding on to target even when um their banner ads, when it's Black History Month, right? You go on their website or when you search in Target yep. and how those appear first. And I just love how that whole marketing scheme that they came up with. Yeah. I feel like that's very dope. Right. So like I said, I think that they do a great job of like just like social listening and just being cognizant and aware and making those changes and incorporating us. And that's all we want is the chance to have equal visibility as our counterpart. So for sure. All right. So I do want to ask this, like, so how, you know, we we're talking about representation we're talking about advertisement and things like this. And we're talking about where advertisers and marketers spend their money. Um, How do we feel about British actors or how do we feel about American actors and actresses of color being outsourced by black British actors playing us Mm. yeah and i also see a lot of different british actors in our commercials that are targeting americans but you know what at the same time to be quite honest i don't know a lot of people know the history of uh a lot of white ad agencies were founded in europe (laughs) you know i feel like if we see them in ads um targeting americans then you know it's because of that relationship because they're from those regions but i also feel that a lot of people this is bad for me to say (laughs) they look at like british actors and actresses as um more uh is what should i say fine like like tune fine tune compared to like black americans right rough around the edges harder to deal with they stereotype you know black americans and i feel like that's people in general they always look at like overseas is better people that live overseas is they just oh, they're feel smarter like, they're this and that they feel so, like they're easier to deal with 
I that's Hell, what no British is. people are rude as hell, girl. They sense of humor is rude. So I don't I, shit, but I don't know. But that's how we why we saw Naomi Campbell ass uh on all these damn uh uh, Naomi Campbell ain't even American. Her ass been on every damn uh, commercial billboard, all that shit. They looked at her as a uh, uh, more luxury compared you know, to uh, you know, black American folks. What? what? Well, I'm just making up shit. So, but no, I, I know she's not American. But you're, you know what? <laughs> you're you're not wrong in that sense because number one, she's pandering to us because she's black. She's a woman. Number two. She she has a universal appeal because of that Europe buy in. So I was even thinking about this with this this particular question, because it's just like, you know, do I I feel like, you know, we're being outsourced? Yes, to a degree I do. And I feel like it's like it's circumventing the talent that we have here in America uh, to a large degree. And I, I know why they're doing it is because. They're going to get that draw in from, you know, people of color here, but they're also going to get uh, a universal or global appeal with with the other. And so that's mm-hmm. that's why they're doing it. And that's what I thought about. But I was going to say, you know, even with that, I, you know, it's not always necessarily a great thing because, you know, uh, I see the British shows. Are we are we being hired? to do top boy and and all these other productions over there so i almost feel like it's a little bit of cosplay and i'm gonna say that because you know even snowfall uh, you know we all love snowfall and um i didn't like the ending of snowfall i didn't you know some people some people will be like, oh, well, it's it's, you know, the you know, the story of, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword or you do that type of, you know, dirt. And that's what comes back. That's the the end result of it. But I just and I it didn't stomach well for me that it is a British dude that really that has no understanding that is essentially cosplaying us um and and the struggle that we've had here you know as an outsider and he's coming to it with art and that's cool but you know and i'm listen i'm not i'm not gonna negate and i'm not gonna take away from his talent whatsoever but i'm just simply saying that you know uh john singleton he cast him for a reason uh but all that to say is, yeah, I do feel like we get circumvented. And I feel like, do we get the same opportunities over there as they get over here? I think so in terms of, like, our athletes and stuff like that. I feel like they get love everywhere. I feel like they're on billboards and others in other countries. You know, they're being showcased. I don't As I, athletes. Yeah, as athletes. But I don't know about, yeah. I don't know. You know what? I have a whole a homeboy. We should probably put him on the show. He's he lives in England, and we should ask mm-hmm. him like uh like does yeah does any like American actors actresses are they like put on roles over there? We know singers they be selling out shows. Kelly Rowland ass she be selling out shows over they, there. I'm pretty sure she's on some billboards probably out there. And her and she don't sell out shows in America, but they, overseas she does. They support our our 
our musical artists and they emulate a lot of our style with regards to that. But as far as like film and TV, are they hiring us over there? I'm just saying it's an equal opportunity. So I kind of feel artists over here when they feel a certain type of way. Uh, I don't even know. But you know what? We should put him on a show. And yeah. Just ask him. We'll bring him and we'll get his input. So for sure. So bet. So that wraps that up. And so that kicks off our grits pick of the week. Um, so this is basically our segment where we just give a shout out to um, a guy or a girl that's raised in the South that's doing their thing. So I'm going to give a shout out to Nike HBCU Yard Runners. Um, I just recently we we're talking about advertisement and I just recently saw an ad and they're showcasing all these different um HBCU people that are doing great things uh, in their job field or and they're just giving them a, a shout out and, and basically in the ad. So it was a couple of Southerners and I'm just going to name them right quick. Uh, Kayla White, she's out of Miami. She went to North Carolina a and and she's actually a big track star. She, I, I think she beat uh, your girl from Dallas on a 200 relay. Um, before mm. so um they got her in the ad they got another um a miami person by the name of melanie mitchell she's a comedian out of famu so she's been in a couple i think she's been in some ads um i know she's been doing stand-up from city to city she's really blowing up so her um also cameron lid i don't know if i'm saying his name right he's out of north carolina he went to winston salem university he's mm. a founder of a clothing line called hbcu drip That's so and then and then lastly, um, they gave a shout out and an ad to Daniel Stamper. She went to Southern University and she's out of Baton Rouge. So shout out to the grits that's doing their thing in these commercials. Love to see it. Shout out to them. That's what's up. All right. So that's going to bring me to our gym of the week or my gym of the week. And really simple. Have patience with yourself. That's all. Really simply put, have patience with yourself. I visited uh, the Hove exhibit at the Brooklyn Library, <laughs> the Brooklyn Public Library, and it just said that greatness is a process. So have patience with yourself. And that's it. That's all, folks. Hey. Tune in next week to hear the combo. Oh, and ask the grits a question or get advice. Be sure to inbox us at grits in the city podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you go check us out. All streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube. All right, y'all stay tuned. Woo.